Civil war a just war? Was it conducted for just reasons? Was it conducted in a just manner? By either side? By both sides? We'll ask our guest, Professor Harry S. Stout, author of Upon the Altar of the Nation, A Moral History of the Civil War, when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. Welcome to your national park, people. I'm the park ranger. This man is not a park ranger. I can answer any questions you might have. He can't answer anything. Uh, what if we see a bear? Uh, grab it by the tail and drag it back to me. But isn't that dangerous? Oh, please, I'll be fine. He's an imposter. And here at SPCS NET Yellow Pages, we'd like to remind our customers not to fall for that kind of stuff. That buffalo is actually quite tame. Go ahead and blow in his face. There's only one real SBCS NET Yellow Pages, the one you rely on. For more information, more ads, and more up-to-date listings. Now, if you really want to see a mountain lion, just wear this medallion around your neck. But isn't this steak? Yeah, it's a steak medallion. Now, get going. You'll see a pack of them pretty soon. Is it any wonder more people trust the SBC SNET Yellow Pages? Look for us online at smartpages.com. World Talk Radio, bringing the world to you. To reach a show host or guest during the live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. Welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. Today, talking with Dr. Harry S. Stout of Yale University, author of Upon the Altar of the Nation, Moral History of the Civil War, with accompaniment from my standard poodle Heidi in the background, barking away. <laughs> Let's return. Uh, there, there are so many issues that this uh, this hour is not nearly long enough to to even touch on them all. But uh, we've talked about a couple very interesting ones in the first two segments, and one that I uh, I want to get back to is the question of the just war. Michael uh, Walzer has written a, a wonderful book on this uh, that I know you're familiar with. You cite mm-hmm. your work, uh, Just and Unjust Wars, and defines, uh, talks about how wars are uh, can be just both in, in their reasons for <clears throat> for being conducted and in their conduct itself. And, and so the latter that you mentioned at the end of our last segment uh, needs to be looked at in terms of, of the Civil War. Was it conducted justly uh, by the two sides? And I gather your your view is is we need to look at that more closely and perhaps answer not always. That's correct. Um, I, I'm not willing. I should say though I'm not willing to. Uh, and I try to make this point in the conclusion to chalk the war up to an unalleviated tragedy. Um, it's one thing to say that there were that, that there was unjust conduct that this needs to be faced and it needs to be faced so that it isn't repeated in the future because at stake in this is is this a just war or is it murder? Uh, but by the same token, I'm not arguing that the Civil War uh, was meaningless, that it was evil, that uh, unredeemed in, in every regard. I think some very important and positive things came out of it as well. Well, this maybe brings me to to my biggest concern, and it's one I I touched on in the the introduction to the second segment, but didn't ask you directly, so I'll do it now. Um, The throughout the book, the tenor of the book is very much that that Americans ought to have looked more closely at what they were doing, ought to have reflected on it, ought to have found some way, although it's not specified what, 
uh, to have reduced the killing ought to have have not gone on as they did. But when it's over in the conclusion, when you total up the balance, the reunification of the country, and most especially the uh, the abolition of slavery, you conclude uh, that perhaps the 600,000 lives lost were worth the uh, the end of slavery and, and the saving of the Union. And there, it seems to me, you, you, you've pulled your punch. You, you've, you want to have it both ways. Well, uh, you know, war, it was a confusing was okay. war, and I spent 12 years uh, trying to navigate my way through it. Uh, I think it's very possible and, and indeed um, reasonable to say, you know, we can talk about, we can separate unjust conduct and, and learn from it from uh, unmitigated tragedy. I think the Mexican War was an unmitigated tragedy. I think as a nation we've engaged in wars of imperialism that have no moral grounding at all. I think that the World War II was a just war. Uh, that doesn't mean that I can't make moral judgments about the conduct of the war, about the targeting of civilians, about the use of a second nuclear weapon as opposed to just one. I mean, these are questions that I think can, can and should be and have been raised about the Second World War. It's interesting that there's even more moral interrogating of World War II than of the Civil War. And, and so that's where the, the punch is pulled, if you want to use that terminology. Well, well let's, let's divide up here. That came out of the Civil War that is less apparent to Civil War historians, but it hits cultural, intellectual, and religious historians over the head like a sledgehammer. And that is that at the heart of my book, uh, is an account of how that war sacralized into the creation of a full-blown non-denominational civil religion, a religion of American patriotism that existed alongside of and equal in power to Christian and Jewish denominations. Uh, and, and this American civil religion uh, continues to, to hold sway with enormous power uh, I, I think it has all the qualities of a religion. It has its sacred texts, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and from the Civil War itself, uh, Gettysburg Address and the Second Inaugural. It has its sacred places, the Mall in Washington, D.C., its sacred days, Thanksgiving, Memorial, uh, Veterans Day, uh, all of which in, the exist of July. in one way or another to sacralize, to make sacred, uh, this nation-state and its global responsibilities to be a world redeemer. Uh, that terminology existed before the Civil War, but uh, I, I argue as kind of an anthropologist of, of religion that no religion comes into being without the shedding of blood uh, in some regard. And it was only after the, the horrific uh, casualties start sinking in to the American people that there, there is a sense, uh, and Lincoln had this idea more clearly than anyone else, that something bigger is being orchestrated by, by this war, uh, something that is going to put America on the stage, not only of, say, political history, uh, but in some very redemptive way of, of being the world's last best hope. Uh, and and this, this really assumes um, a reality in American culture, in American religion, uh, that, is, that, that is really confirmed with a million casualties. Uh, that this war extracted. Uh, and it is a, a quasi-religious uh, force uh, of enormous power. Uh, I think distinctively so. Uh, Europeans marvel at how many American flags they see. 
uh, at the at the, uh, the the patriotism exhibited in, in American culture. This, to me, is another legacy. Is it all bad? I don't think so. Well, I, um, I just want to say know, I, that is a really uh, people who simply point. can't live together because they have no functioning patriotism as Iraqis. They're Shiites or they're Sunnis or they're Kurds. Uh, well, we had Northerners, we had Southerners, we had Unionists, we had Secessionists. We had a civil war, and it was out of that civil war that a United States <laughs> with a powerful civil religion is literally incarnated. Uh, before the Civil War, people would routinely say the United States uh, are a republic. After the Civil War, they would say the United States is a republic. Uh, and uh, that uh, is something that I think is very, very important. Uh, I would not want this country to descend into the madness of Iraq. Uh, and my great fear is that Iraq may have to go through a baptism of blood before they can begin to think of themselves as Iraqis instead of Shiites. Uh, and so there's this other transformation that I'm concerned to talk about uh, in the book. And um, it's, as I said, it's something religious historians pick up on immediately, uh, not so clear to Civil War historians. Uh, in the same way, religious historians can't pick up on the battles and, and the military history of the Civil War. Well, let me step in. I, I think that is, if, if not the, certainly one of the central theses of the book. And... Uh, worth the price of admission. For, for all that I'm, I'm expressing reservations as we go along here, I want to assure our listeners this book is worth your time. And for that point, uh, more than any other, I think, your argument that this does create a, a civil religion, a national identity, uh, is, is a very strong one. It ties in with much of the current scholarship on the memory of the Civil War, how Americans chose to remember it over the following 50 years. Your colleague David Blight there has certainly done a great deal on that. Just played golf with him yesterday. And, and that's, um, and I'm, I'm going to have Alan Gelzo on next week, so we'll uh, we'll talk about your book some more with him. Um, yeah, he's but, read it. Yes. The uh, now, I, I think that that can't be overstated. I, one of the things I wrote down as I, I read this was, was I thought, you know, this is. To, to my mind, and I'll, I'll just offer this for your, your commentary, is that this book is really two or three books, some of which are very good, some of which uh, I, I have some some thoughts about. Sure. Uh, the, the argument, the religious, the, the looking at the religious sources and what people in the pulpit thought at the time is long overdue. The argument that this created a civil religion, I think, is extremely strong and and. Uh, very well supported and gives gives us a new way of looking at what this war, uh, how it was was conceived of at the time, and why, in many ways, these casualties were seen as supportable during the war. The as you point out, religious professors uh, may, may be less aware, or familiar with the military aspects, and not that Monday morning quarterbacking helps any here, but. There were times I thought this would be a stronger book if it weren't an attempt to be a general history of the war as well. Yeah, um, there uh, are. You know, it wasn't. It, it was something that I backed into kicking and screaming because I. Um, it, it began as a as a religious history of the Civil War years and years ago, and I just felt that something critical is missing. Um, and, and so as I began thinking about Michael Walzer and, and just war theory. It became very apparent to me that I was going to have, if I was going to have any credibility at all, and if this book was to have 
anything that didn't seem to be just stout preaching, that I had to, uh, insofar as my limited abilities required, uh, master the Civil War. And so I spent about three years doing nothing but reading the history of the battles and slogging my way through campaign after campaign and coming to the realization that, that too often the Civil War is taught as static, the Civil War. And what's missed are the turns in the road, the contingencies that gradually ratcheted things up. And to appreciate my moral argument, uh, the reader was going to have to slog through those battles, too. Readers, by the way, who would rather do anything than read military history. And, and that's the other thing I think that, that you need to, that I struggled with. Um, you know, I went through American religious history textbooks and uh, regular American history textbooks to see what, uh, you know, what commentary I could find on the Civil War. Probably the greatest religious history of America ever written was by my predecessor, Sidney Ostrom. Uh, and so, uh, you know, he concedes that the Civil War is the, the defining event. So I go to the index. I say, okay, what does he talk about in the war years? A half a page total. We're back at that half page mark. Oh, yeah, there's chapters on anti-slavery and abolition. There's chapters on Reconstruction, the Freedmen's Bureau, and the aftermath. But at the interspace of war itself, this defining moment in American history, the big silence. It simply isn't engaged. Um, cultural historians, intellectual historians aren't really predisposed, uh, I think, to fight battles any more than Civil War historians are predisposed to think about big ideas, uh, especially if those ideas are religious and ethical. And, so, and I think know, was, that postpones my book for probably three years. It does, I can see, I concede your point, it, it, it does create several histories, but because nothing had been written in this field, uh, a field that has a book written every day since Appomattox, I really almost had to do several histories to reach several different constituencies of readers who were more or less blind uh, to the other constituencies out there uh, with very different preoccupations. Well, I, th I think that's true. I guess what concerns me is that to the extent you do talk about battles, there are there are some treatments that uh, I'll be bold and say there are some factual errors in in some of the the comments. There are that and and that what the audience of this show is going to read those and then be skeptical of your very good religious arguments. Your religious readers hopefully will will not find the same in in terms of in, in the reverse. I, I almost wonder if it would have been stronger to to just mention Fredericksburg and trust the Civil War buffs to know all about it and not not read a half paragraph that may or may not be uh, Yeah, th I think that that's true. Um, again, it's, it's, the, it's the challenge of reaching multiple audiences. It's the challenge of, of wanting to write, frankly, a big book. Uh, and, you know, big picture history of the sort that I attempted requires a high wire act. It, it does. I, I am horrified to say we, I can hear the music again. We've come to the end of our time. Dr. Stout, I thank you so much for engaging uh, in this discussion. It has been a real pleasure to talk to you about your extremely provocative and worthwhile book. I know all our listeners will want to go out and read Upon the Altar of the Nation, A Moral History of the Civil War, and draw their own conclusions. Uh, it, is, it, it is starting a conversation. I don't think it's the last word, but it sure starts a conversation that needs to be conducted. And uh, thank you very much for, for joining us today to do that. Well, it was my pleasure, sir. And listeners, thank you, as always, for listening to Civil War Talk Radio.